Section 7 of Summer in a Garden and Calvin, a Study of Character by Charles Dudley Warner. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. Section 7 Summer in a Garden. Fourth Week. Orthodoxy is at a low ebb only two clergymen accepted my offer to come and help hoe my potatoes for the privilege of using my vegetable total depravity figure about the snake-grass or quack-grass as some call it and those two did not bring hoes there seems to be a lack of disposition to hoe among our educated clergy i am bound to say that these two however sat and watched my vigorous combats with the weeds and talked most beautifully about the application of the snake-grass figure as for instance when a fault or sin showed on the surface of a man whether if you dug down you would find that it ran back and into the original organic bunch of original sin within the man the only other clergyman who came was from out of town a half universalist who said he wouldn't give twenty cents for my figure he said that the snake-grass was not in my garden originally that it sneaked in under the sod and that it could be entirely rooted out with industry and patience i asked the universalist inclined man to take my hoe and try it but he said he hadn't time and went away but jubilate i have got my garden all hoed the first time i feel as if i had put down the rebellion only there are gorillas left here and there about the borders and in corners unsubdued forest docks and quantrell grass and beauregard pigweeds this first hoeing is a gigantic task it is your first trial of strength with the never sleeping forces of nature several times in its progress i was tempted to do as adam did who abandoned his garden on account of the weeds how much my mind seems to run upon adam as if there had been only two really moral gardens adam's and mine the only drawback to my rejoicing over the finishing of the first hoeing is that the garden now wants hoeing the second time i suppose if my garden were planted in a perfect circle and i started round it with a hoe i should never see an opportunity to rest the fact is that gardening is the old fable of perpetual labor and i for one can never forgive adam sisyphus or whoever it was who let in the roots of discord i had pictured myself sitting at eve with my family in the shade of twilight contemplating a garden hoed alas it is a dream not to be realized in this world my mind has been turned to the subject of fruit and shade trees in a garden there are those who say that trees shade the garden too much and interfere with the growth of the vegetables there may be something in this but when i go down the potato rows the rays of the sun glancing upon my shining blade the sweat pouring from my face i should be grateful for shade what is a garden for the pleasure of man i should take much more pleasure in a shady garden am i to be sacrificed broiled roasted for the sake of the increased vigor of a few vegetables the thing is perfectly absurd if i were rich i think i would have my garden covered with an awning so that it would be comfortable to work in it it might roll up and be removable as the great awning of the roman Colosseum was not like the boston one which went off in a high wind another very good way to do and probably not so expensive as the awning would be to have four persons of foreign birth carry a sort of canopy over you as you hoed and there might be a person at each end of the row with some cool and refreshing drink 
agriculture is still in a very barbarous stage i hope to live yet to see the day when i can do my gardening as tragedy is done to slow and soothing music and attended by some of the comforts i have named these things come so forcibly into my mind sometimes as i work that perhaps when a wandering breeze lifts my straw hat or a bird lights on a near currant bush and shakes out a full-throated summer song i almost expect to find the cooling drink and the hospitable entertainment at the end of the row but i never do there is nothing to be done but to turn round and hoe back to the other end speaking of those yellow squash bugs i think i disheartened them by covering the plant so deep with soot and wood ashes that they could not find them and i am in doubt if i shall ever see the plants again but i have heard of another defence against the bugs put a fine wire screen over each hill which will keep out the bugs and admit the rain i should say that these screens would not cost much more than the melons you would be likely to get from the vines if you bought them but then think of the moral satisfaction of watching the bugs hovering over the screen seeing but unable to reach the tender plants within that is worth paying for i left my own garden yesterday and went over to where polly was getting the weeds out of one of her flower beds she was working away at the bed with a little hoe whether women ought to have the ballot or not and i have a decided opinion on that point which i should here plainly give did i not fear that it would injure my agricultural influence i am compelled to say that this was rather helpless hoeing it was patient conscientious even pathetic hoeing but it was neither effective nor finished when completed the bed looked somewhat as if a hen had scratched it there was that touching unevenness about it i think no one could look at it and not be affected to be sure polly smoothed it off with a rake and asked me if it wasn't nice and i said it was it was not a favourable time for me to explain the difference between puttering hoeing and the broad free sweep of the instrument which kills the weeds spares the plants and loosens the soil without leaving it in holes and hills but after all as life is constituted i think more of polly's honest and anxious care of her plants than of the most finished gardening in the world the end of section seven recording by mark penfold